Bienvenidos a Sociedad Gamer. Eh, con ustedes hoy tenemos un invitado muy especial. En estos días hemos tenido varios invitados especiales y seguimos con esa tendencia que es pues, la verdad muy chévere. Tenemos a Bob Whitaker. Él, es, eh, él dirige un canal de YouTube muy chévere para los que son fans de la historia eh, que se llama History Respond. Y nos va a contar hoy pues un poco acerca del canal, acerca de por qué, eh, digamos, por qué empezó ese canal eh, Y pues digamos conocer un poco más acerca de él en general Así que como siempre, sin más preámbulo, eh, arrancamos aquí con Bob Hi Bob, um, your name's Bob, Rob, short for Robert? Uh, yeah, short for Robert Okay, uh, it's so great having you here as I told you before uh, Thanks a lot for accepting the invitation to Sociedad Gamer um, We... Uh, Could you introduce a bit? Could you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a history professor. I work at uh, Collin College, which is a community college in Dallas, Fort Worth. And uh, over the last 10 years, I have been uh, working with uh, History Respond as editor in chief and looking at uh, history as it's portrayed in video games like. Oregon Trail, Assassin's Creed, Civilization, uh, you name it, we've covered it over the last decade. And so what do you teach at Collin College? I teach U.S. history, I teach Western Civ, and also this year I'm teaching a history video game development course in the spring. A history video development course? Yes. Uh, so it is what's called a learning community class where you uh, co-teach a course with another faculty member in a different discipline in the college. And so this uh, course, it's going to be called Playing the American Past. And so it combines my U.S. history course with an introductory game development course. And uh, this will be the first time something like this has been taught at Collin College. And so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, it's, it sounds great. And uh, I, I mean, this is something I talk about a lot in my podcast episodes, uh, in past episodes. Uh, but uh, I like I'm really passionate about education. And I'm also I like a lot. Uh, I've always liked history. Uh, but I don't know when uh, people started realizing that uh in this case, history, but in general, education and video games can uh, like intersect. Uh, I don't know when you uh, started realizing that because I, I see that your channel is so much that. Uh, I mean, like, have you brought, for example, things about your channel to your history class? Uh, and now that you're going to teach literally a class about video games and education, uh, what made you realize that history and education can intersect with video games? I think I came to that realization back in 2009. I had uh, been in graduate school for a few years at that point, and I came across uh, the Assassin's Creed series. I played Assassin's Creed 2 for the first time in uh, 2009. And it was at that point uh, when I was in the midst of my graduate studies that I realized that Um, you know, games had gotten to a point in terms of writing and in terms of uh, graphics where they could uh, portray the past in new and interesting ways. And I really saw a lot of potential in that kind of intersection between education and games through the Assassin's Creed series. 
and then from there, I would to look at um, games like uh, the Bioshock series. I was looking at uh, Sid Meier's Civilization. And it was from that point that I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if there were actual historians that could uh, analyze these games and see if they could be useful in the classroom? And so that's when I started uh, History Respawn around uh, 2013. Uh, And then so I've been doing that ever since. And uh, I regularly bring in uh, video games into my classrooms uh, every year, for instance, I have a segment for my uh, first half of the U.S. History Survey, which is U.S. History before uh, 1872, or excuse me, 1877, I should say. Um, I have a segment on Oregon Trail, and I have the students play the original Oregon Trail game as a group uh, and see the ways in which the game depicts that history of uh, westward expansion. Uh, and I do the same thing for my second half of the U.S. history course. We'll look at games like Papers, Please. Uh, we'll look at games uh, like uh, Mission U.S., which is an educational game uh, set in the 20th century. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I see it, uh, you know, kind of the growth in history games uh, being useful for my work as an educator. And so... Um it's funny because actually when 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 you talk about history spawn and you wanting to bring historians to talk about video games uh, I was searching for exactly the same thing I'm not a historian but I was searching for exactly the same thing and that's how I came up on your channel um, and I don't know I, I think like Assassin's Creed was the game um, um, as I understood it the game that brought you to create history respond, like you realize that Assassin's Creed was the game that brought you to that. And actually, I um, many years ago I played the Oregon Trail. This is something I talk about a lot on my channel, actually. But uh, I actually played the Oregon Trail, and years later I realized that, well, yeah, video games can bring uh, a very special uh, aspect or, or, yeah, like a facet to learning that nothing else can. Not a notebook, not a textbook, not a video. Because uh, it's like it grabs from many other areas, and I actually uh, interviewed like a month ago uh, a guy named Tyler Kin. I don't know if you've heard about him. Uh, he created a game uh, called the Hash Trail, which is the Oregon Trail, but with people going from different sites around uh, the Middle East to the Mecca to to do the Hash Trail. Uh, which was a pilgrimage uh, in the Ottoman, uh, around the Ottoman Age Empire. Uh, so it's really fun to see how others have, because of video games, in your case, the Assassin's Creed series, in his case, the Oregon Trail, uh, have tried to uh, incorporate games into an education, like an educational aspect. So uh, I don't know, like, I, I think it's, like, it's, it's really great, actually. So I want to ask you a bit in terms of the history spawn, how the name came to be and like why, apart from the Assassin's Creed series, why you decided uh, to start the channel and also how do you choose the topics to, to talk about in the history spawn channel? Yeah, so I started the series in 2013 and the idea was to 
have historians, um, you know, using their knowledge uh, about the past to analyze the way that those uh, past eras are interpreted by games. And I was really eager to have historians in the kind of emerging space of game analysis that you saw with, uh, you know, YouTube videos, Let's Play videos uh, in particular. Uh, and so I always wanted to do something with videos, mostly because I felt like uh, writing about games uh, without including visuals or without including videos was a bit boring. And mm -hmm. there's a really big opportunity, and it still exists, with doing video game analysis in video format because there's no copyright restrictions when it comes to games. Um, you know, I always feel sorry for people who do book reviews or they do, uh, you know, motion picture reviews, they can't actually mm -hmm. use images uh, in those reviews uh, without heavy copyright restrictions. Uh, but for video game developers and publishers, they, have, for the large part, except for Nintendo, uh, they haven't put any mm -hmm. major Nintendo's. restrictions on copyrights mm -hmm. of images. So I always wanted to do something with historians using video and analyzing video games. And uh, so I started out by, uh, you know, looking at kind of recent releases. I think when I started in 2013, we did Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, and then we moved on to games in the Total War series. Uh, we also looked at uh, kind of uh, more recent uh, versions of Civilization that had come out. Uh, and then from there, we started looking at games uh, that were coming out from independent studios, uh, kind of smaller developers. And uh, it was around that time that I started a Patreon account for History Respawn, in which we took uh, suggestions from our patrons about what episodes to do next and what scholars uh, to talk to. Uh, and so that's kind of been the way it's been since, I don't know, 2016 or so. I think we started Patreon mm -hmm. in 2016. And uh, so we've been doing that ever since, just kind of listening to our uh, patrons and then kind of deciding on our own, you know, which games to cover. And sometimes, uh, I should also mention, sometimes we do get free games uh, from history game developers. Uh, and so mm -hmm. we'll take a look at those and doesn't necessarily mean that we'll cover a game just because we got it for free, but it does increase the likelihood that we'll talk about it. Because mm -hmm. uh, many times you, you get to know new games that maybe you won't, you wouldn't get to know because uh, like we usually get the big AAA games uh, in front papers and websites and magazines, but those smaller, for example, the hatch trail, I came up on it because there was a, a, a a small excerpt in uh, the Economist magazine, and I saw that, and I thought that like, it's amazing. I'm gonna write to the person to see if he uh, answers. He actually did, uh, and that's how I, I get I got to know that game in particular. So yeah, I, I think that's it's great that people uh, actually send you games for you to try it out, and you being a historian and all. Um, uh, I I want to know like what what goes into your mind when you create these uh, episodes. Like how do you construct? the episodes as a whole, uh, how do you decide uh, which segments of the game uh, to use in the video or also uh, what to talk about and how to direct uh, like the flow of the of your story or of, of the story you're telling? Yeah, so it's changed a bit since I started. When I started the series, there was not an easy way 
to share gameplay footage with uh, a scholarly guest live. So, for instance, when I started, I would either have to record the episode in person with a guest historian, or what I would do is I would play the game and then I would save uh, gameplay footage onto my computer and upload that to YouTube so that they could actually see what I had played. Because most mm-hmm. of the scholars that I've talked to, they don't actively play games. They don't, they're not interested in playing games, but they are interested in talking about uh, the past and how it's represented mm-hmm. in popular culture. Uh, and so that's what I used to do. But more recently, uh, I'd say in the last four years or so, the technology uh, to share gameplay or to share video footage uh, with somebody in a live format has gotten much, much better. Uh, you can do that. You can use screen share via Skype. You could do it through Google Meets. You could do it through Zoom. Uh, Any and all of those options are now available. So when I record an episode now, usually what I do is I set up a Zoom or Google Meets uh, with the scholarly guest and I play the game live in front of them while we talk. And as far as the content of the episode, I try to make the episodes approachable and useful for undergraduate students. So there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of kind of uh, what I would call theory-based discussion of the games, it's more focused on uh, the kind of uh, face value uh, representation depictions of the past uh, and how those depictions uh, reflect actual history and how they maybe reflect uh, historical memory. In other words, you know, how do they reflect the ways in which we usually talk about these things and is that way, is that memory actually useful for us now? So. The recording has changed, Ben. Thankfully, it's gotten a lot easier over the last five years. And um, I just want to ask you if you've got in the back of your mind any games you consider uh, in the historical sense more accurate or the most accurate games you've played? Um, you know, I, I tend not to think so much about accuracy. I tend to think about games that would be the most useful in a classroom. And thinking uh, in terms of accuracy is sometimes useful, but also in terms of what is going to make for the best classroom experience and what will help students understand uh, history maybe through um, game mechanics. And so the games that I like to use are things like uh, Lucas Pope's uh, Papers, Please, uh, which Mm -hmm. is set in kind of a uh, a fictional version of Eastern Europe uh, during the 1980s. Um, And then there's also games like, um, uh, oh, geez, uh, Civilization, which kind of uh, helps students understand uh, the long durée of history and historical development in a worldwide sense. Uh, and then something like uh, even Oregon Trail, um, the old Oregon Trail game can help students understand um, not only how games have tried to depict history, how they usually depict history, uh, but then also how that depiction has changed in the last 50 years. Uh, the original Oregon Trail was developed for a uh, middle school class in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1971. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what they get, uh, what students get out of that now is kind of understanding, uh, oh, wow, our perception of westward expansion, even calling it westward expansion, has changed a lot in the last 50 years. Uh, but the ways in which we depict that history 
hasn't really changed uh, that much uh, in the last 50 years. So um, again, I, I don't really think too much about accuracy. I think more in terms of what's going to make for the most useful classroom experience. But for example, you as, a, as an individual, like you play games, I, I'm guessing you like to play video games, right? Yes. Uh, but you as an because for example, I played like a year or so ago, I played a game called uh, Plague Tale of Innocence. I know if mm -hmm. you've heard about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how accurate the game is, but uh, just the visuals and the time period, uh, it, it, it managed to capture my imagination. And so because of that game, I was able to read more about the time history um, and setting, and I like I went into a, a small like Wikipedia black hole loop, if I can call it that, <laughs> yeah. which is just you looking and reading about articles around that time period, mm -hmm. and it was thanks because of that game. So I'm just like in that question in the most most accurate. Maybe I I rephrase a bit the question and I like is there any game or games you feel that Uh, managed to immerse you because of, let's say, his history or graphics or, or time period that you could recommend to somebody like, hey, if you want to maybe get yourself into, a, into I don't know, me a medieval period, you could p play uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, for example. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of games that are very good at um, charging students or charging players interest in the past um, you know there's a lot of games that for instance a lot of students come up and ask me about uh, with relation to history and so some of those games include the assassin's creed series um, assassin's creed valhalla in particular has gotten a lot of student interest in the dark ages quote unquote the dark ages uh, and the viking age and medieval europe medieval england um, there's also uh Uh, beyond Assassin's Creed, there's also games like Red Dead Redemption um, mm -hmm. that has also led to a lot of student interests in the Old West and a lot of interest in, uh, you know, depictions of the Old West by uh, movies, but then also games as well. Um, and I think, too, that strategy games, uh, particularly those made by Paradox Studios like Crusader Kings, uh, Crusader Kings 3 just came out uh, this past year, uh, and uh, they've got games uh, that uh, you know depict World War II history and early modern history, uh, Europa Universalis. Uh, and those games, I think they attract a certain student uh, who is interested in the kind of more, I, I don't know if historical accuracy is the way to put it, but is more interested in the kind of small scale accuracy of uh, unit capabilities and size of armies. Uh, these are people we usually call rivet counters, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in historical parlance. And uh, those games, I think, uh, lead to a lot of uh, students to pursue extra reading, like you're describing, right? Mm -hmm. They will play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and then all of a sudden, they're interested in talking about those topics in class, or they're interested in covering them uh, in independent reading. Uh, same thing for paradox games. The same sort of phenomenon happens where you've got students who uh, pursue military history because they're interested in the kind of factual basis for the games and the simulations that they're playing. Um, so I think that that kind of list of games, the games by Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed, and mm -hmm. then also the games by Paradox, those games really generate a lot of interest uh, into history. 
I think that's it's kind of incredible to think about how games can actually bring you into learning more about things because that's something I I think that 10 or 15 years ago was like people thought about video games as complete opposites of learning. Uh, but I remember in my days playing Age of Empires, uh, Age of Empires 2 actually, and it's just as you describe. I, I played Age of Empires and there was a campaign. And so just because of watching the campaign, uh, I was learning about history. And then afterwards, I remember that uh, Age of Empires had like a little uh, encyclopedia that you could go and read about more, uh, more about the Celts and the Britons. And so just inside the game, you had like a... I guess like it was a, an important piece of of knowledge base that users could use well, to learn. Uh, I don't know if that was the main intention of the game developers, but I think, because like there are two things. For example, the Oregon Trail, you know, it was a game made for educational purposes. Uh, whereas a an Age of Empires game, it was not, but it had a, a, a very important aspect that helped people learn more about history. Uh, I don't know if uh, more games do this, and I don't know if you think the Assassin's Creed in recent uh, years, the Assassin's Creed series has, like, in a way, catapulted um, more people to learn about history because, exactly, because of the, uh, like, they use it, like, the similar encyclopedia base that the Age of Empires used with the encyclopedia, uh, like, naming important landmarks and important persons. And so when you're playing, like, you get into a church and, if I remember correctly, there's like an excerpt and it tells you, hey, this is a, an important cathedral in Venice. And you click start and then there's a description about the cathedral. And so just because you're just playing and like incidentally, you're learning more about the place. So it's it's like a small um, history lesson, a really small history lesson that can uh, that can be a, a gateway to people learning more about, about a place. I think the word gateway is really apt here because mm -hmm. I think when you talk about the original Oregon Trail game, you know, the designers and mainly Don Rawich, the history instructor who kind of created the, uh, the game itself and the narrative, um, he always envisioned the game as being used as a gateway to, you know, kind of draw in students but not to be used independently, right? So he never envisioned that the game would be used by itself, but instead wouldn't be embedded within course content, like a textbook or lesson plans or lectures about that history. And so when you're talking about more recent games, what I find is interesting is that, you know, the main purpose for those games is entertainment but that a lot of that entertainment, uh, in order for it to be successful, in order for it to be accepted by players, needs to have some sort of uh, at least passing reference to the actual history. Uh, and then that leads to a lot more player engagement. So uh, this is done by Ubisoft. It's also done a little bit by the developers of games like Call of Duty, um, you know, there's like little uh, archival bits and bobs inside those first person shooter games. Um, and, and, you know, the Paradox games does a similar thing as well. So what I find is fascinating is that as time has gone on and as history games have become more popular, that you've actually seen more historical content, more real historical content placed into the games rather than less. Uh, and, you know, kind of the key example of this recently is uh, Ubisoft developers of Assassin's Creed 
they now have a fully independent version of Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. games called Discovery Tour, which yeah, are awesome. all about history, uh, which are all mm-hmm. focused on uh, understanding the choices developers made in creating this past representation, what the real history is, and then even uh, recommended readings that players could do if they're interested in learning more. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, you know, history games started with Oregon Trail or digital history games started with Oregon Trail. And it presented this version of how to do a history game. And it's almost like the the kind of more recent AAA games have kind of started to, uh, you know, duplicate that style a little bit, right? You know, having more of an educational bent. Uh, so that's that's been fascinating to see over the last five years or so. Uh, There's something I've talked about in the past, but I think there's... Um and you telling me you're going to do a class about history and video game development, uh, I think there's an opportunity uh, going forwards. Um, I don't know how it's going to be, but I, I'm envisioning it's something like teachers actually creating um, lesson plans around video games so that uh, students can play a video game and actually use it like 100% around a class, yeah? So, um, for example, in the case of this guy I, I interviewed, the, uh, the Tyler King, in the hash trail, well, the hash trail is actually um, made so that he can use it around his uh, his lesson plan, uh, his actual class. But I think going forwards, many other uh, teachers and educators, I guess, well, for one, they're doing courses as such as the one you're uh, going to uh, teach. Uh, but also bringing video games as a main part of the classroom. I think it's not being done as much, but I, I envision it being done more and more and more going forwards. That's what I'm. I think is is going to happen. Because uh, also, and this is something I've also talked talked about. But also, um, especially in history, I think for people to really get into it and really learn, uh, the more visual the content, the better. Uh, and it's something that happened to me when I was at school. Uh, I was taught Spanish history and English history. Actually, the Spanish uh, teachers used textbooks uh, made here in Colombia, which w- were, for the most part, if not all, uh, just texts, big blocks of texts. And so, I actually, um, I was brought up with a dislike for uh, for Spanish history or, or uh, Spanish written history. Whereas the English history was all taught with like the, this uh, DK encyclopedia textbooks and and like these textbooks that are like chock full of illustrations and charts and graphs, and so I always was more drawn to English history just because of the visuals, uh, and they helped me and I guess many other students get more into history because they were more visual. Uh, uh, yeah, they were more visual and they were more enriched if I can call it that. And I'm guessing, uh, like, you're a, a teacher for undergrad students in university, but I was that, I was at school. I was, uh, that was seventh, eighth grade. I was, like, 13, 14 years old. I'm guessing teachers can actually do this for younger generations of students. Um, and I don't know. It's just something that I see uh, perspectives changing in uh, educational circles, like more teachers realizing that video games are not uh, like their enemy. Like, no, a video game is not something that uh, helps you concentrate, but actually, like your ally in helping you uh, 
yeah, teach teach different subjects. Not only in history, just history is the main role here because it's the I think the, the the most exploited right now in, in video games. But in I, I'm guessing in other games in with other subjects that will happen too. Sure. Yeah. Philosophy, sociology, I think it could happen too. And, you know, I think you're right. I think that there's a new generation of educators who understand that video games are just another medium, you know, like books, like film. And it's not necessarily something that can't be educational, can't be useful for their mission. And I think that for me, my hope with History Respond and with the other work that I do is to help educators realize that uh, they should be engaging with games because this is an important medium for education going forward. It's an important medium for fiction going forward and for entertainment, but it can also be for education. And, you know, I think like you were saying, when you were growing up, most of the uh, history that you were taught was through text, through textbooks, uh, maybe through lectures, course instruction. And that turns a lot of students off. And Mm -hmm. as any educator can tell you, the biggest battle isn't over the subject matter. It's not over accuracy or inaccuracy. The biggest battle is getting student engagement, right? Getting them Mm -hmm. interested in the topic. And so if you're using those traditional methods, then you're going to get traditional results, which is a lot of people saying, I hate history. I hate Mm. it. Whereas if you are willing to maybe hold your nose if you're an older educator and use different mediums, use visual mediums, then you'll find that you get students interested, that you get their foot into the door, and then you can use more traditional methods of instruction. But the most important battle I fight every single semester is getting students to overcome their kind of innate in you know lack of interest in history. Um, that's the biggest battle. And I think games help to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just out of curiosity, um, your class, like why do students take your class? Is it part of a bigger, um, like a history uh, undergrad program or is it like an elective or why do students get into your class? Is it like a requirement? Uh, so my usual history classes, U.S. history uh, is a required course for undergraduates. Uh, and then my Western Civ courses are electives, uh, humanities electives. And then this video game course, uh, history and video game course, this will be an elective also. But it uh, is a U.S. history course, so it also help them get credit for the required U.S. history uh, okay. college uh, requirements. So, um, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, and I've, I've seen that you've got various sections going back to your ch- YouTube channel uh, I think, well, I saw three. I've seen three. The Civs 101, the Let's Play the Past, and the History is One. Could, could you talk a bit about each section and why you created this, these different sections for the channel? Yeah, uh, so the live streams are just a collection of the live streams that we've done over the last 10 years. And, you know, I label them as live streams, but oftentimes they're not actually um, done uh, publicly through Twitch or uh, through YouTube gaming. Uh, They're usually just done as a live stream that we uh, do online, but not necessarily publish uh, to everyone at once. 
so that that name is a, a little bit funny uh, to me because it's not actually accurate. Uh, but then uh, Civs 101, uh, that is our uh, limited series that's focused on uh, Sid Meier's Civilization, uh, which is kind of one of the tentpole historical games uh, in uh, you know North America, you know, including Assassin's Creed and then Oregon Trail. That's kind of one of the key games, game series that most people think of when they think of history games. And so over the last year, I've been doing a set of interviews uh, with uh, historians uh, focused. Each episode is focused on one of the civs, one of the civilizations in Civilization VI, and kind of uh, focusing on how that civilization is depicted by uh, not only Civilization VI, but then also by the Civilization series as a whole. So uh, we've done, I think, over 10 episodes of that right now. I don't know off the top of my head, but we're hoping to do more. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to do it is because um, you know, last year was the 30th anniversary of Civilization One, So I thought it was good timing. And then also Civilization is, I think, probably my favorite historical game to think about and to talk about and usually it's also my favorite one to play as well okay okay uh have you ever thought about maybe doing because when people go to your channel um if somebody wants to learn about history well the topics are in a sense disorganized it's it's a bunch of videos but they're not like interconnected as a whole Mm -hmm. have you ever thought about doing like a a kind of online um, course about a specific time period let's say medieval history using one or various video games but in a more organized sense like this is the first lesson uh beginnings of the civilization this is the second lesson with a lesson plan and everything I've definitely thought about that. The problem with that idea, so taking a thematic approach rather than a game-by-game approach, the problem with a thematic approach, as I see it, maybe you've got advice that you can give me, but the problem I see it is that uh, each of these episodes just focused on one game, it takes a long time to produce. It takes a long time mm-hmm. to play the game. It takes a long time to set up the interview. It takes a long time to record the interview and do the game footage. And then it takes a very long time to edit all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's just one game. Now, if I take a, a thematic episode where I say, let's look at how games have portrayed the history of the Middle Ages or something like that, then I'm talking about replicating that same process, but with multiple games. Mm-hmm. So I think what's stopped me from doing that so far is that I have been overwhelmed with the idea of capturing footage and producing footage and editing footage for a multitude of games instead of just doing it for one game. Uh, so maybe, that's, that's the problem not, that I see. Yeah, but maybe not seeing it as, as a history through video games, but just history using um, using video game sources to, to aid yourself visually. That's what I imagine, for example. So, for example, if you were to teach, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm going blank right now, but... Uh, uh, yeah, something medieval or uh, the plague in France, for example. So you just like first lesson plan is literally a lesson plan that you just bring uh, excerpts of different games to aid yourself uh, with, for example, helping people visualize what you're talking about. Mostly, I, I don't know if it changes a bit the perspective, but 
anyways, it, it, it was just an idea. Yeah. I think it would be great. Uh, like, I'm envisioning something like in, I don't know, Skillshare or something like that, where people just would buy the course and have a, a great o online history course about a, a topic or a subject with the use of video games as a, as a visual aid. Yeah. It's just a, a, a vague idea. It's definitely but, something we've thought about, but I think the only barrier for us is just the time that it takes mm -hmm. to do that because this is work that uh, I do have a Patreon account, but it, it you know the Patreon money we get it, it covers expenses, so it covers mm -hmm. the cost of ho hosting the website, of uh, you know hosting the podcast, of uh, buying games occasionally uh, when we don't get them free. Uh, but, uh, you know, if patrons want to pay me more to do something like that, then I will definitely do it. But, uh, you know, with two kids, uh, it's yeah. just it's hard to rationalize that kind of amount of work uh, outside of the usual work that I've got to do, because unfortunately, my college isn't going to pay for that either. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's under understandable. Uh, and you were talking about previously that Civilization is probably your favorite historical games. Is there any other, they don't have to be historical, but you as a, as a gamer, like you like to play games, any favorite games you've got out of the back, back of your mind? Yeah, I think my favorite game is uh, Mass Effect 2, uh, part of the Mass mm -hmm. Effect series. And I think that came out in 2011 or so, 2010, mm -hmm. 2011, somewhere in there. Uh, and I am a very big fan of uh, story-rich uh, role-playing games and I am a big fan of kind of sci-fi action and so that mm -hmm. game the Mass Effect series it combines those two things really well and uh, that is my favorite game of all time and uh, I think it is still my favorite game even though it's over a decade old at this point. Mm -hmm. Like were there any games you think maybe brought you into history or how did you get into history? Like why did you decide to become a historian? Yeah, so the reason I became a historian, I was a, a young teenager uh, in Texas and I uh, ended up spending a lot of time watching uh, TV in the evenings. And I came across uh, one of those evenings, a, a documentary series called War and Civilization. And it featured a British historian by the name of John Keegan, K-E-E-N-G-A-N. Uh, -E -E <clears throat> and Keegan uh, talked about uh, the relationship between military history and human society. Uh, and well, there was a really famous episode in which he uh, went into how, uh, you know, kind of medical surgery uh, was developed because of the invention of gunpowder weapons. Uh, and I was absolutely fascinated uh, by this documentary series. I ended up asking for a VHS copy uh, for my birthday when I was young. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking when I watched that, I was like, I would like to grow up to know what he knows. And so that kind of launched my interest in history. And as far as historical games, I think the first historical game I played was probably Oregon Trail in school. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the one that had the most influence on me was Sid Meier's Civilization II, which I think mm -hmm. came out when I was, I think it was nine or ten or somewhere in there. Uh, but I would use the scenario builder in uh, Sid Meier's Civilization II to create my own uh, scenarios for the game, basically mods. 
in which I would attempt to replicate or depict historical battles. Uh, and I had a grandfather who was uh, a, a pilot, uh, a bomber pilot and a transport pilot during the Second World War. And so I would ask him questions about his campaigns uh, during the war, and I would try to recreate them in mm. Sid Meier's Civilization II. Uh, and so those were kind of the, the starting point uh, for my interest in, uh, you know, in history and in historical games. I don't know why I got the Oregon Trail, because in Colombia, games were not as uh, widespread back then. Uh, but I got the CD. I've got it somewhere around, actually. I still got it. Um, have you have you seen the, the Ken, uh, out of curiosity, have you seen the Ken Burns documentaries? Yes, yes. Do you like, do you like them? Well, I think Ken Burns is a very good storyteller, but I, I would say that I have some reservations about some of the history. Uh, that he okay. has 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 covered. <laughs> okay, but but do you think once again do you think Ken Burns can be like a, a gateway for people to Definitely. learn more about? Because th there's this like actually this word the gateway word I think is very important for people um, to realize just how, how impactful games and other mediums like videos also can be precisely to be a gateway to for so that people can learn more about time periods. Uh, and I'm just thinking out of the back of my head here in, in, in Colombia, there's not a lot for Spanish speakers. Because if you're an English speaker, well, yeah, you've got BBC uh, <laughs> yeah. documentaries, you've got yes. like a ton of materials. But for Spanish speakers, there's not a lot of material for you to go on. And I'm guessing there's a big void there for, for someone, not me, but for someone to just go in there and, and create content that is readily available for people to precisely be a gateway so they learn more about yeah. time periods. Yeah. Um, have you played the last uh, Age of Empires, the fourth one? I did, Came yes. Uh, I think we did an episode of that for History Respawn too. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I saw it, that you actually um, saw the, they've got like these videos and the documentaries. Age of yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw that episode, yeah. Um, is there any, like before we, we wrap up the episode, uh, I want to talk about two things. Uh, one, Is there any, um, I don't know, maybe material or videos or series or something you've, you've, you can recommend for people to see that you like a lot about history? Oh, um, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, you know, I'm a really big fan of... Uh, yeah, one thing I will say, uh, going back to your previous point, uh, when you're talking about the lack of that kind of material for Spanish speakers, um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to pursue YouTube uh, as a as a medium for history respond, as a medium for historians, because um, I think out of all of the available online content, you know, just kind of taking the internet as a whole, that. YouTube does a pretty good job uh, with uh, closed captioning and with uh, uh, providing uh, transcriptions for videos uh, that you don't actually have to do yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's really useful because then you can put subtitles for just about any language on mm -hmm. the video. Um, and so that's a big reason why I wanted to f uh, go through with YouTube. Um, but as far as like historical series... Uh, video series. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I'm a, 
I'm a writer for a, a YouTube series called Extra History, mm-hmm. um, and they often hire uh, historians and other scholars like myself to write episodes. Uh, and these are short videos. They're like eight to 10 minutes long a piece and they cover various historical topics. And so I've written a couple of series for them on, uh, Cleopatra, uh, and then mm-hmm. also on, uh, the conquest of India, uh, by the British empire. Uh, and so those types of video series, particularly when they employ, historians I think are really great uh, because okay. I think historians get a bad uh, reputation because a lot of people remember their history classes when they were younger and it's all very dry, very boring writing uh, and presentation. But I think historians, particularly of my generation and younger, have gotten more used to presenting historical detail and historical writing to the public. Uh, using YouTube and using other means. Uh, But the problem is that I feel like we don't often get hired by the really popular uh, programs and, uh, you know, television presenters and, uh, you know, films uh, in the way that we probably should. Uh, But yeah, I can't, I can't think of any, I wish I could, I wish I could give you a list. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Okay. And I just want to know, before we wrap the episode, uh, well, my, my podcast is about video games. That's like the center of it. And it's such a coincidence that precisely you're going to do uh, this course about video game development and history as a whole. Could you maybe, I don't know if you've got any details you can talk about of how you think you're going to guide the class or how the, the class is going to be, like what your vision about the class is going to be? Like Yeah, yeah so... Uh, the class is going to be one in which we talk about U.S. history and how U.S. history is depicted by video games. And so we're going to start with the Oregon Trail, uh, mm-hmm. but then we're going to go through and look at different time periods of American history and see how it's depicted by various games. So uh, I've got uh, plans to use uh, Bioshock Infinite, which is set in uh, the late 19th century, early 20th century. I've got plans to look at uh, civilization mods and scenarios that depict the First World War. Uh, We've got plans to look at games that are set uh, in different eras of uh, the 20th century. Uh, You know, Mafia 3, which is set in New Orleans Mm -hmm. in the 1960s. Uh, Gone Home, which is an independent game that's set in 1990s America. Uh, And the culmination of the course, what it is building towards, is that the students in this class will work together to create their own historical game. Uh, And because we've got game design software and we've got a game design faculty who will be working with the class, we're hoping to use the Unity engine to create something that is not just a text adventure, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But instead something that uh, resembles kind of a modern game. So, uh, you know, the class is in one part a history course, but then it's also a class that's about trying to develop your own history game, right? Trying to create your own uh, game that you could use to present history to somebody else. That sounds so amazing, actually. I wish I had that when I was at the university. Um, you mentioned Mafia 3. Any reason you're not 
planning to use the first one. I think that's it's such a good game, The Lost City, The City of Lost Heaven, actually. Well, it just so happens that I have downloaded uh, Mafia 1 and Mafia 2 onto my PlayStation, and I'm hoping to play those this month. So uh, the course that I'm teaching, it doesn't happen till the spring. It starts in January. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm still kind of... Uh, going through some historical games to see if I could use them for the class. And so Mafia 1, Mafia 2 are definitely on that list. So so you've never played Mafia 1? I've never played Mafia 1 or oh Mafia 2. I hope you do the... I hope you do a series for YouTube because okay. that's one of my favorite games, actually. Oh, it's such a good game. I don't know if you're going to play the remastered one or the yes, original one. Yes, I'm doing the remastered one. Yeah. Okay, because they're different games. Uh, I play the remastered one. It does not quite capture the um, spirit the first one the first game really had. okay they're different experiences that's all i want i want to say okay but oh they're so good games and uh i have you played the ultimate general games like the yes. ultimate general yes Gettysburg? yes yeah okay okay and that'll yeah. be on the list too i think we'll okay. be looking at gettysburg and how many games depict gettysburg in particular okay okay so um and the Unity games that the students are going to make, are they going to... Do you plan to like release them somewhere for people to try them? Yeah, our hope was to have a, a game jam uh, so that mm-hmm. oh. the students could present their games to the uh, audience of the college, right? So their fellow students and other faculty around campus. And then if that w- goes well, and if the students are comfortable then we can publish them online for other people to play. So cool. we'll see how it goes. This is the first time we've oh, ever done it. Oh, I don't cool. know if this is going to work, but we'll try. It sounds so cool. It sounds so cool. You could maybe do like a call-up with the the GMTK guy. I don't know if you've seen his channel. Mm-mm, no. Game Maker's Toolkit? No? no? Nope. Uh, ch- check him out. He he does game jams. He's, uh, he's big into game development. Maybe, I don't know, just out of the back of my head. You might do a collab, collab with him or some or something of this sort. Um, so I, I'm guessing I'm going to wrap the episode now. I don't know if you've got anything else to say. No, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you a lot for accepting my invitation. It's so, so great to have you here. I, As I said before, I'm a huge fan of your channel. I, I watch... Thank you. Not, like, I don't watch the videos as soon as they're released because they're like big, like big uh, hour-long videos for the usual part. So I break them into chunks and I watch them like over the course of weeks. And they're so great to watch precisely because I, I'm, I, I'm, I like so much history and video games. So seeing you play video games I've liked and played and talking about history, that's like awesome. So um, thank you a lot um, for being in my episode here in Social Gaming. And I, I, I wish you the best with the, with the class. I Hopefully I can hear more about the class and play the games your students are going to make. Thank you very much, Juan.